This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. As we get underway with our panel, David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile. That's a leading Toronto public relations agency. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. And I, I'm running out of time for this, but Happy New Year. Good, to, be, to, you. good well, to see you back. Okay, it's the 10th. Uh, it's I been know, a while but, since we've spoken. It has. Evidently. Uh, either that or you're some kind of an orthodox thing going on here. Sure, both. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, you're rather unorthodox. Uh, that's, yeah. Stephen Holliday is a deputy mayor and counselor for Ward 3 at Tobacco Centre. Stephen, good to have you on board. Always a pleasure. Great to see you. Great to be here with the panel. Thank you for it. And Peter Sherman, broadcaster, businessman, and former MPP. How are you doing, Sherman? I am doing great. Hope you're just as well, John good. Oakley. Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, uh, I want to turn to our friend David Wills, who's uh, buddy Jugmeet Singh. Uh, I think you're doing some work for him, aren't you? Well, no, I have worked for him in the past, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I... I it's not like I'm trying to grill you here on this. Uh, I just want to be honest. Okay. <laughs> well, was he responsible? Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. Uh, but the by-elections that have been called by the Prime Minister for February 25th, he's running, uh, Jagmeet is, in Burnaby South, and uh, some pundits are sort of uh, suggesting that this is where Trudeau's outsmarted both the Conservatives and the NDP, because uh, Jagmeet is really trending low. He's, I mean, lower than Elizabeth May at this point in the personal preference uh, category. Do you think that maybe uh, Trudeau has pulled a fast one here and he snookered both the NDP and the Conservatives? Well, I, I would correct you on pundits. Uh, you're speaking to a column that Andrew Coyne wrote, which I usually like his stuff. That was really sloppy, actually, his pontification on these things. Like, you know, it, it's not the way he described. I think, no, I think, you know, the fact that Trudeau waited until the last possible moment to call the by-election signals nothing but I don't want this guy in the House. I don't want him around. That was part of their strategy. He wanted to fight a one-front war, which is against Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives. Once Jugmeet gets in, and he will get in, uh, you know, you don't listen to that other noise, he will win that riding and he will get in. Then all of a sudden, there's going to be somebody from the left who's going to be questioning Justin on his record on the promises that he made that were on the progressive side. And all of a sudden, that's a two-front war. And for any politician, that's a hard thing to do. So... Unleash the hounds, Jugmeet's going to Ottawa, and things are going to change. Okay. As opposed to being kind of a lame duck right off the hop, how do you see it, Sherman? What an optimist Wills is. <laughs> and Happy New Year, David. And Happy New I, Year to you, Peter. i, I, I got to say that I, I, with all due respect, I, I know you believe in what you say. I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe he's going to be elected. I, and I'm the last person, and you would know this, who would ever defend Justin Trudeau on just about anything. But I think he's done exactly what any prime minister or premier would do when by-elections come up. You uh, time them for the best possible result for yourself, not for the person who's running. That's number That's number two. Number three is that in polling out in Burnaby, he's running a distant third, and he's, uh, he's looking to replace a guy who barely squeaked in who was of the NDP. So I don't think there's any guarantees there. All bets are off on Jugmeet Singh. I, I think what it comes down to is this, and I've said before, we were friendly when we worked together in the legislature, and I, I rather like him. And he's got this uh, this uh, 
panache about him, you know, driving around, I don't know what it is now, but it was at the time a red convertible BMW and wearing expensive suits and uh, making sure that the turban was a bright new color every day. And he was a really well-spoken guy. I spent some time on some panels with him. But you know what? He's been a disaster, and he's going to be a disaster for Canada because coming in the way he is, which is a a bad third, he's paving the way for a, a mediocre, not strong Shear to be go to go by the wayside. We're going to get four more years of this twit again. Well, if Andrew Shear's campaign is 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 hinging on somebody else doing it for him, he's got a bad campaign. No, Peter. I'm not saying that. I'm no, that's saying a, that, he, that's a conservative line that the NDP has to be stronger it's not for a them to win. Conservative line. You know yourself that it's a combination of how people vote that results in what you get. So it, it, you take, uh, I don't know, even the, the, the provincial level, um, you've got a winning party, and whether it were Win or it's now Ford, they come in with uh, 38 40% of the vote. They've got a massive majority. Why is that? Because you're splitting three ways. That's what's going on, and it's becoming four ways in uh, Ottawa pretty rapidly. So that being the case, jug meat needs to be stronger, or we've got progressives, so-called, I don't know where the hell that word came from, uh, out of two parties. So it doesn't matter if it's Sheer or Bernier or anybody else. They haven't got a chance. Yeah. Trudeau's counting on the default vote, and uh, if Jugmeet can't recruit much of it, uh, he wins automatically. It pushes him across the finish line. Well, I, th- I think research and history shows that that's actually nonsense. The, b- the biggest challenge for the Conservatives is going to be splitting on the right. If Maxine Bernier gets any traction, that's bad news for for. For Andrew Scheer, because what he has to do is not attract NDP voters. He's got to attract that red-blue switch voter, and he's not been doing that. And that doesn't have... Jagmeet Singh doesn't impact that at all. So, you know, I think that um, this, this notion that if you do the math that the NDP needs to do this for the Conservatives to do that, if that's the Conservative strategy, it's a losing one. Hey, no, by that's the way. not the strategy. I'm simply saying that if you get nothing out of the NDP, you give all of your left or progressive votes to the Liberals and nobody else can win. By the way, the Maxime Bernier wildcard uh, earlier this week, uh, one of his candidates out in Western Canada in B.C., uh, very much uh, vociferous about you know transgender people and that kind of thing. I'm just wondering, is this sort of a, a revisit to the things that Preston Manning had to deal with in reform? You know, the Myron Thompson's God rest his soul, he just passed at 82. Uh, but is that something that's going to marginalize Bernier so he's going to be rather insignificant? Stephen, how do you feel? I think so. I think we've seen some examples of that in, in Ontario in the in the last uh, provincial election where the, the sort of fringe topics have come back and Bit the conservatives, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I see the conservatives, you know, coming up here and uh, and and capitalizing on anyone that goes off into those marginal territories. And I see um, uh, him and and Justin coming out ahead because any party like the NDP that has to go through trying to elect a leader. Um, are going to suffer uh, a lot of energy that needs to go into this uh, by-election, a lot of money that needs to go into this by-election, and uh, they're just sitting there biding their time, sort of uh, tapping their fingers together. If he loses, you've got an NDP party in disarray, and it puts it into a two-horse race uh, between Scheer and Trudeau. But here's the other thing. As developments are starting to uh, unravel in 2019, for example, Justin Trudeau, uh, let's say the bloom is long off the rose, but uh, even this thing with the natives out there in Western Canada in northern B.C., uh, they're talking about a betrayal of reconciliation here. Uh, how serious an issue is this for him who stood on this as one of, you know, his hallmark principles or signature pieces, uh, you know, the 94 uh 
different uh, issues within the Truth and Reconciliation Committee uh, Commission, so on and so forth. David Wills, do you think that this is going to really bite him in the arse? I'm not sure it's going to bite him in the arse, but I think it's something that he's going to have to answer to. And I think he has been grilled consistently on that for months and months and months now. He did campaign quite heavily on a better way in dealing with Indigenous people and First Nations. And what we're seeing, uh, you know, at West right now is a frustration that that hasn't been delivered on uh, and that there's questions on it. I actually think he's doing well on it. I think that he does stand up and take it. And I think he goes out there. I don't think he hides. Uh, but I think it's hard, and I think it's harder than he let on in his campaign promises or the the way we interpreted them anyway. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to bite him in the ass because Andrew Shear doesn't have a better answer. Uh, Jagmeet Singh doesn't have a better answer. Yeah, but he stood so, on this as, you know, as I say, one no, of his... He's he's in the job, and you're right. He has to answer. That's There's nowhere else for that to, to well, stop. Well, he was being heckled last night in Kamloops. Yeah, so is it is it is it fodder to criticize Justin throughout the election? It will be, but is it enough to mobilize other voters because the other voters care about that particular topic? I'm not sure it does. I'm not sure enough people are going to stand up and say, boy, am I ever angry about that. I'm not voting for this guy. I'm voting for whoever else, right or left. I just don't think that topic is going to resonate. But uh, are they going to have ad campaigns? This is the guy that didn't live up to promises. Yes. So there is a bit of fuel in there, and, and to that end, um, it will be useful for his opposition. Hey, by the way, Peter Sherman, do you think these projects can ever get off the ground ever again, given now that uh, all you need to do is sort of mount a campaign and uh, you can forestall all of these things? I'm talking. I'm very worried about this. I, I think uh, very worried as in survivability of the country over the long term. And I did a thing on this uh, at length on the air the other day. Uh, if, if Sir John A., whatever anybody thinks of him today, could unite the country by uh, the steel rail, and if, uh, I don't know who the Prime Minister was, could unite the country broadcast-wise by building a national network once upon a time, and, and we need unification more than ever right now, especially in the face of uh, the changing and, or, and disrupting world uh, and how people earn their living, and we are an economy that's going to wind up being in the service business on the one side and the resource business on the other side. We better damn well have a plan to get the resources out of the ground and then ship to where they need to go. And uh, our, our friend Trudeau doesn't seem to have any ability to do anything but buy pipelines that he can't build and negotiate with Native people who don't want to negotiate or in some cases uh, will negotiate but have, um, let's call them sidekicks, who say, no, you can't do that, like that natural gas pipeline across British Columbia. Uh, I think we've, if we're going to have a country, and, and I think that the election turns on this and on immigration, if we're going to have a country, we have to have whoever leads it, a country that has uh, a strong federal government. We've traditionally not in Confederation had that. We need a strong federal government that says we have imperatives as a country, and these imperatives have to be delivered on, and if they hurt some people, I'm really sorry about that. Well, that's but the that, problem, though. The virtue signaling has caught up to him now, and uh, he's got to stay and deliver. He's really in the hot seat. Uh, quick word, Stephen Holliday. Yep. Sage advice uh, from Peter, because this is very true for all governance, uh, governments, including even people like the city of Toronto. It's about that balance between public consultation, and in this case, it was with Indigenous people's consultation and the government being nimble and moving forward on things that it needs to move on. We're going to have that discussion when it comes to transit. We're going to have that discussion when it comes to governance right here in the city of Toronto. How deep do you involve uh, the public and, and weigh in, have public weigh in on decisions while still being able to make a decision? And, uh, you know, it, it is the age-old battle, and there's a lot of viewpoints on it, but it is important because if you don't get it right, you shut down the government.
All right, well, we'll talk about that. Uh, the city of Toronto, transit, and the province of Ontario. Uh, there's an issue that's looming, and we'll see uh, how the panel feels about that, including the deputy mayor, Stephen Holliday, Peter Sherman, David Wills, on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.